What's up, everyone? Welcome out to another episode of the show. Super excited to bring this interview to you guys today. You know, it's uh, one of those things that, you know, athletes can learn so much from their experience competing in the sports that they compete in, right? Especially if you compete at the next level. And I always tell people that, like, you leverage what you're learning and take it to the next part of your life. And today we're going to be talking to a current college football coach who played Division One football, uh, but now is creating a course online who's going to be helping athletes with you know, understanding the physicality requirements, the mindset requirements, the academic requirements that are, it's going to take to play at the next level. Um, so these aspiring athletes that are wanting to play college athletics need to listen to this, especially parents too, because he's got a goal to help educate the athlete and the parent so he can help both sides there. And it's, it's truly a team effort. As a parent myself, I understand that. This is a truly a team effort and he's bringing so much knowledge to the show. And I want to remind you guys that this uh, episode is being brought to you by Athlete Narrative. I am an ambassador of Athlete Narrative, and I want you guys to check out the link that's in my description here from Athlete Narrative. If you are an athlete and you're wanting help with your branding and you want help getting your image out there so that you can leverage your name, image, and likeness when you get to the next level, or if you're already in the next level, you want to leverage your name, image, and likeness, but you just don't know how or you don't have the time to create the content and you don't have the, the community, this is a very, very affordable option for you. So make sure to take advantage of Athlete Narrative. I got it right here. If you guys have questions about it, hit me up at any time. You can DM me on Instagram. You can email me, whatever. I'm always happy to chat with my listeners. So please check it out. Athlete Narrative is amazing. It's a great opportunity for you to be able to leverage your, your name, image, and likeness, get the branding out there in a way that's going to be appealing to coaches and communities alike. So check it out links in there. Again, this is a great episode today. Get ready for an amazing interview. This is the Game Time Guru. So what's up, everybody? Welcome out to another episode of the Game Time Guru podcast. We are now into 2024. As you guys are well aware, this is um, the eighth year of the podcast. We've completed seven full years of doing this show, and now we're doing our eighth year. And we have big things planned for 2024. As you guys heard in the introduction, we've got a ton of sponsors that we're, we're working with, different uh, business partners, and we have goals to take this to new heights uh, further than it's already been. But I want to say thank you to all those who have listened, whether this is your first time listening or you've been listening since the beginning in 2017. Um, any Anything that you've done to help support the show, I greatly appreciate it. We have now been uh, heard in 182 countries and in all 50 states, and I'm grateful for the support from everybody. And today, we get to have a, a special conversation um, with... Our guest here who has experience in not only as, as an athlete, but as a coach um, at the collegiate level, like all, all the things. This guy has experience on all these levels, and now he's bringing that, uh, the information and the knowledge, the expertise that he has gained over the last, you know, his whole life, and he's helping the other generation coming up uh, to help other athletes. So joining us on the show is Dustin Zeman. Dustin, thanks for joining us, man. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, man. So let's get the let's give the the listeners an opportunity to get to know you a little bit better, um, just as who you are. So before you became the coach, right? Before the the online fitness nutrition coach, before the football coach, before the coach, there was the player. So Dustin, talk to us about your playing experience. I know you had a little bit of experience in the collegiate realm, but I kind of want to unbox it a little bit earlier and talk about like when you knew you were going to play at a higher level of, of your sport? Yeah, so I grew up in a real small coastal town in Oregon. And uh, I always like to bring this up because 
you know, for those student athletes that say, hey, you know, there's no road past high school for me. Um, for me, there really wasn't a road after high school because growing up in small towns, there's just not a lot of access for those, you know, recruiters, those scouts, so on and so forth. Um, they just don't want to drive, you know, you know, however many hours, how many miles or whatever it is to come recruit you. It is true that they will say, you know, if you're good, they'll, they'll come and find you. But a lot of times if there's a, another kid close by, they'll take them. So, I mean, for me, um, so I grew up, like I said, I mean, I grew up in a small town um, and I did have dreams of, of playing sports after high school, but didn't have a lot of uh, mentorship. I didn't have a lot. I didn't have a lot of um, folks actually getting out from our town. So I really had to just kind of blaze my own path really is how, how it goes. Um, and uh, so really to answer your question, um, I've always wanted to play sports at the next level, um, but I didn't feel that dream was a reality until I became more of a senior. Um, I just, I was trying to figure it out on my own. And um, it's to me, to me, that's, you know, that's just kind of my road and, um, when I decided that I wanted to go do it, I was, I was all in. And, um, and then my journey more or less started from there. Felt like I had the talent, the ability to go do great things and play sports at the next level. Um, I just didn't really have mentorship. I didn't really have a path and a goal. So um, hopefully that answers your question. Um, it's hard to explain because a lot of kids that end up do playing, they, they end up playing at the next level. They come from bigger towns and so on. And so for me coming from a small town, that's way out of the way. Um, it's super unusual to get out and um, play at the next level. Um, so does that answer your question? Yeah, no, that's perfect. And I, and I have some follow-ups yeah. to it too, because yeah. I'm here in Idaho, right? So when you're talking about Oregon, um, I'm in Idaho. So it's a very similar, I mean, Idahoans might get offended by that and Oregonians might get offended by that. It's very similar. Like, like no, no, no. They probably want to split the two, but it is similar in the sense of what you said about like small town. Um, I've talked to my athletes about that before, Dustin. It's, it's, it's interesting. I, I coach basketball, right? So it's on the basketball side though. Um, a lot of these kids, if you're good enough, they'll find you sort of that's, that's true to an extent, but like not many people are coming out to Boise, Idaho to watch, you know, a lot of college coaches aren't coming out to Boise, Idaho to watch, talent out here they might catch you on the club circuit if you're a basketball player but you've got to do your own branding and marketing and you've got to kind of reach out and be proactive and try to find out where you need to be making these connections and and whatnot because you a lot of kids do have the talent this is why i love what you're doing because a lot of kids have the talent just like yourself but they don't have the mentorship or the understanding of how to get to the next level i've had so many of my kids that i've coached text me after the club season's over saying hey coach what do you recommend I do? Should I just reach out to this coach? I'm like, man, you st you haven't been doing that yet. Like we need to, this should have been going on for a while now. Like they just, they think that they're just going to send a text or an email and then get an offer. That's not how it works all the time. So yeah, talk to us real quick, Dustin. So what did you, so you were going through that struggle of like, you didn't really, you knew you had the potential and the aspirations, but like, what did you decide to do to then get your name out there so you could go play college sports? Well, keep in mind, this was back in the early 2000s, and we didn't really have Huddle. We didn't have all the different databases and social media and the ways that you could reach a, a broader um, audience. 
Um, we did have opportunities, you know, where I was growing up, you know, some of the kids would go to the Oregon State football camps, the different camps and stuff, which are really popular nowadays. It's become kind of, you know, watered down now. Um, but back then it was more of a money grab. If there was one or two kids that the school could find, you know, they would definitely take them. I didn't have the money to do that. And so more or less when I graduated high school, um, I ended up going to I ended up going to Western Oregon University. Um, I didn't have the greatest grades. Um, it's a division two school. I went there because I had friends that were going. And then it just so happened that when I got there, uh, the coaches were like, you know what? We, we do know who you are. Would you like to try out? I tried out, wasn't all in, wasn't fully focused on it. Um, and I did make the team. I've got pretty good speed. Uh, ran a four three eight out of high school. You know, just had a lot of really good opportunity as far as Whoa. physically. Oh, yeah, you did. Holy crap! Okay, go ahead. Right. <laughs> over that. I ran a four three. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Continue yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't have the mindset, and that's one thing we'll talk about in a little bit. I want to talk about the mindset and the attitude going into your senior year and stuff like that. But I went to Western Oregon, kind of fell in the trap with all my friends and everybody. You know, there's not much to this. I guess you'll play, um, party, have a good time, whatever. Um, and it, it just kind of clicked for me. Um, I don't want to do what everybody else wants to do or what everybody else is all about. And a lot of young student athletes, they get caught up in that. They get caught up in relationships. They get caught up in, you know, like dating type relationships. They get caught up in, you know, their friendships and what everybody else is doing. And I knew that I had a couple things that they didn't have. And that was the drive, the mindset, as well as the physical attributes to do that. So um, where I was at, no knock on Western Oregon, it was almost like high school. And so yeah. I figured, OK, well, you know what? If you want to do something crazy, go be extraordinary. Right. Don't be ordinary, be extraordinary. So I just started putting out applications to schools because I knew that those schools uh they weren't just going to offer scholarships. They're not just going to throw anything at you. You know what I'm saying? So what my plan was, I said, you know what? I'm going to walk onto a campus that says, yes, we'll give you an opportunity. And I'm just going to do, do my best to make it work. And ironically, out of all places, I have people asking this all the time, Logan, Utah, you know, it's just, no, you know, it's just from Oregon, from the West Coast. Where's that? Right. Well, that's where Utah State is. Right. And uh, at the time, the staff was not doing very well. Their staff was doing very poorly. And I walked through the front door in August and the recruiter said, hey, you know, we do a walk on try it after the season. Be a good time for you to do it. More or less just told me to get the heck out of <laughs> get out of his office. Well, they ended up getting fired. The whole staff got fired. So I'm thinking to myself, man, new staff, new school, new opportunity. I looked at it, had the right mindset that maybe this this is, you know, where I should be regardless. Um, but I had a fearless attitude. So when the new staff came in, I was in their office multiple times banging on the door. Um, and they just said, listen, we'll have a walk on tryout. And uh, I did everything throughout that that time period that I needed to. And uh, I ended up having that mindset, having that goal, walked into their practice facility and there was about 80 guys there. And wow. if you want to talk about, yeah, if you want to talk about intimidating, that's intimidating. 
a, a division one school, division one facilities, uh, division one amount of kids at this thing. Cause they're all pretty good players. You know, had every position in there vying for, uh, you know, an opportunity. And uh, we went through more or less uh, a situation like a combine and uh, coach just told us to take a knee, get in contact if we want you. And uh, I had no idea what was going to happen. But the good news is, is I, I attempted, I tried to do something more than what I thought and what all these other people that I grew up with ever thought they could do. They're not even in this room right now. You know what I mean? Where I was yeah. in the practice facility with division one coaches, kind of a Rudy story, really. Um, I hate using that because I feel like, you know, I did more, but um, so a couple days later, I ended up getting a call and Hey, this is coach. So-and-so um, at 80 guys, we only took one. And I'm like, what are they calling me? To tell me they didn't take me. <laughs> and so they ended up just saying, Hey, when can you be at the practice facility? Spring starts on Monday. And I'm like, Whoa, this is awesome. Wow. <clears throat> um, and uh, didn't know anybody came rolling into, uh, into, a team meeting and nervous is all get out, sat in the back, you know, just kind of hung in the back. Um, and then the next day we had, we had our practices, but I will say this, I will say that regardless of the situation and how intimidating, how big it was, I was given that opportunity and I'm going to knock that door down. Right. I'm going to knock it down. I'm going to push these guys as much as I can until they tell me to get away and go away. Um, and, uh, I'll, I'll end this part of the story with, um, it gets even, it gets even crazier because the new staff came in and wanted to put their foot down, right? We're the new staff. We're going to toughen this situation up. We're going to turn it around. Um, I, my position was running back. We had six running backs on staff or on uh, roster. All six got hurt. Oh, wow. Uh, and uh, we were doing live drills and I'm in the back and my running back coach, who's with the Panthers right now, he's yelling out loud because he didn't even know who I was. So <laughs> he was like, do we have any more running backs? And I'm standing in, the, you know, kind of off to the side. And all of a sudden I feel this push and I get pushed forward. And my coach goes, you're a running back. I said, yeah. He goes, you're in. And uh, and this is the huddle. That's what I mean by in there. We were in the huddle, um, in the stadium, cameras, whatever. And uh, he said, we're running the ball in the next play. So you better know what you're doing. I said, just tell me which way I'm going. And uh, sure enough, uh, floodgate or floodgates, uh, Red Sea parts, 15, 20 yards down the field. Everybody's looking at me like, who is this guy? Don't even know who this guy is. And keep in mind, I had, you know, long hair coming out the ear holes at the back, you know, from, from the West Coast. And uh, sure enough, guess what they do? Same play, same thing happened. Kids pick me up. The rest is history. Um, and uh, so it was an exciting time. It was a nerve-wracking time. I had no idea what was going to happen. Of course, I ended up playing my career at Utah State. You know, the rest is history. I actually wasn't even on roster going into the fall. So that was another, you know, miracle in itself. Um, and uh, so I just had the right mindset, the drive uh, to get out of something that was seemingly impossible. Um, 
And uh, trust me, when all of a sudden uh, that season came and we went into, I think it was week four because I wasn't traveling. We go into week four, <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, we were on the road and uh, we were going to Alabama. So I'm on a flight heading to Tuscaloosa. Trust me, all those people back home, I got a lot of phone calls. <laughs> you know, and so um, it was an interesting road. And of course, it goes beyond that. But the point is, is I tell I want to tell my story and get my story out because there's a lot of student athletes that have more than what I had, a lot more than what I had, more access. Um, and uh, me being a current coach, I'm getting kind of ahead. But me being a current coach, I want to give these these young student athletes um I want to give them the right path, the right uh, drive, the right mindset, um, or at least try to give them a little bit. Cause you know, kids, as far as grabbing it all, they don't grab it right away. So um, I want to put them in a position where if they want to go beyond high school, let's give them the entire arsenal for lack of better word. Um, want to put them in a position where they can be prepared to go beyond where they are. You may not be the strongest. You may not be the biggest. I was only about 170 pounds coming out of high school. I was not the size and shape. You know, they always talk about the, the eye test, right? Yeah. We can talk about the eye test. In football, you got a lot of meatheads, pardon my language, but you got a lot of meathead coaches that are looking at it not so much from, you know, what you think they should be looking at. They're looking at it from size, shape, and, you know, so – inspiring a young generation that's not getting looks undersized um, lack of motivation at the collegiate level right now. I'm probably, I would say uh, 90% of the guys that I talk to, they have no idea. They just want to play. If I don't have that opportunity, scholarships, whatever I'm done. And I, mm -hmm. I definitely, you know, my biggest thing is, is to, to let's blaze past that. I want you to do beyond what I'm doing. They're my kids. I'm their dad. <laughs> you know? yeah. Like I want them to do beyond what I did. Right. I don't want to be like everybody else and I don't want them either. So anyway. Totally, man. No, this is so cool. There's a couple <laughs> things that I took note of while you're talking. One, Logan, Utah. I got a lot of listeners in Utah. I got a lot of family in Utah. I'm very familiar with Cass Valley. I'm very familiar over there. So it's kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. I love, by the way, I, love, I love the Cash Valley, man. It was the complete opposite of rain and wind and all that. You had most people that come from Cal. I live in California now, but if most people go there from California or wherever, they're hightailing it out of there. But I got news for you, man. The probably some of the most fun times I've had and best experiences I've had is in the Cache Valley. So shout out to you know everybody out in the Cache Valley, man, for sure. So funny, <laughs> dude. What a small world. It's crazy, right? Like. Yeah. Uh, you got all, so I'm a Boise state alum cause I'm from Boise. Um, but I, I, you know, I've been to, I've been to Logan quite a few times, uh, went down there for some football games and some basketball games there. You know, they, they have a very unique fan base for a smaller stadium. That fan base is actually legit. Uh, so it's kind of cool. You got to play there. Um, so I wanted to touch base on this. You talked about your mindset, Dustin, going in and kind of alluded to the fact that like you walk in, there's 80 people in there, tons of D1 athletes or aspiring D1 athletes. They're ready to go new step. I mean, you're you're outside of your comfort zone. I think for all of us from a, from a sports perspective, as well as a business perspective, getting outside of our comfort zone and feeling the pressure 
a lot of kids, especially, but even adults, like when we get outside of our comfort zone, we might have the skills and the knowledge and everything, but we get, it's the paralysis by analysis analogy. You know what I mean? It's like, you can't perform. So like a lot of kids are those practice all Americans, but when it comes to be game time and it's your opportunity to shine, you might only get that one time they buckle. I guess my question for you is when you were in that situation, you obviously took advantage of it. You got the phone call from the coaching staff. They chose you. It was obviously like, like you said, it's better than a Rudy story, right? In your words, you you did more. Um, (laughs) But, but uh, I guess my question is how did you, I guess, get to that, mental state where you're like, okay, I'm away from family. I'm away from my friends. I'm in a completely different environment. I'm around a lot of different people. I know I have the skill set, but how did you get to the mindset where you didn't buckle rather you actually performed extremely well to where you actually got yourself a spot? Well, the best way that I can put it is I'm different. Um, and so are, I got news for you. So are most people, but you can't think too much because you'll get into your head. Your mind will play all sorts of tricks on you, man. And part of it is I, where I grew up. Um, you know, I was the youngest of three. Um, so I had you know, an older brother, older sister. Their whole lives, I had to kind of, if I wanted to be a part of, you know, what's going on, I had to grow up quick. Um, and I was able to, it's, I don't know if I could really describe it, but it was one of those things where, um, I had a a specific goal and something I wanted to go and achieve. I had nothing to lose. There's nothing to lose. I think a lot of kids or even just adults, they get, uh, afraid of what other people are going to think or failure. And I talk about that in my course and we'll talk about that later. But, um, one of the main things that I talk about is failure and not being afraid to fail. Um, and we get too much in between the ears and that creates problems. Um, and people don't step into their destiny or their purpose because they're, I don't know, everybody's got their own specifics of why they don't do something or why they don't pursue it. Um, and then they get stuck. And then 20 years down the road, they're like, right, you know, 20 years down the road, you know, I should have done it. I never wanted to do that. I always used to question myself, question myself. You know what I mean? I always used to question, so what if I don't do this? How am I going to feel? If I don't do this, where am I going to be? I knew I always wanted to be in sports. I wanted to be in that kind of side of things, but I wanted to do something just beyond what everybody else is doing. And the only way you can do that is if you step outside your bubble, get away. Go as far away as you can, however you want to put it. It could be physical, right? You live in Boise, tell your kid to go to Montana or not Montana, you know, go out to, you know, as far New York, go as far away because then you'll end up finding out about yourself. And when you come back to reality, you come back to where you are, then you'd be like, you know what? Maybe I should stay over there. That's actually, and I'm going to take that beyond that. Right. And I, you know, when I reflect on that, as I've gotten older, it's like some of the stuff started clicking, you know, stuff that your parents or people that have talked to you, they're right, right? They're right when they say, you know, certain things, you know, experience is key. And that's one thing that I really didn't have. And I was like, you know what, the only way you can get it is to go out and do it, right? I have young students talk to me all the time. They say, well, 
it says that I have to have one to three ex years of experience doing whatever. How do I get that? I'm like, first of all, you're not going to get it, you know, without going doing it for free or getting that kind of, you know what I mean? You have to just get out and go do it, dude. Stop thinking about it. Figure it out as you get going, uh, you know. So I'm not a, I've, I've never been an entrepreneur, but guess what? I'm up for the challenge. I'm, I want to go and do something I've never done before. Maybe I want to play the piano. I'm going to go get the best, you know what I'm saying? Step out of your, your comfort zone. And um, so there, there's a small percentage of people that do that. Urban Meyer calls them the one percenters. And yeah. as a coach, you try to get, right? So it's 10, 80, 10. 10, you're, not, you're never going to get those. But 80%, you can maybe get a couple of those over time to jump into that 10% to get them to pull them out. And that's what makes a good coach, a good mentor, and so on. And so um, it's hard to explain it, but it's one of those things where as a coach, now I look at it from a different point of view. And I want to grab that and put that into that 10%. So, so yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Shout out Urban. I'm a Buckeyes fan, by the way. Boise State alum, huge Buckeyes fan, super random, I know. But just so everybody knows, they call me the Boise Buckeye. Ah, look at this. Great Crazy book, man. by the way. Yeah. Dude, uh, that's so cool, man. I, uh, man, it, it, it rings true to me, um, on a different front. Like I, I tell these kids that I've coached, like, even if they're going to play junior college basketball somewhere, like go, go out and do it. Uh, for me, I served a church mission for my church. I served two years in Brazil, was in Brazil. That was not in my comfort zone. Dude, you kidding me? Like I, I went from Idaho to Brazil, a third world country that was like, you know, you, you don't have anything that you have here. Like, we take things for granted and that when I came home after two years, you have a different perspective. It's the same concept for sports. You, you leave town or you go do something difficult. I just got to talk right at the time of this recording. This is the week of Christmas. This last week, I was able to see some of the kids that went off to college and now they're kind of back for Christmas break. So they were like at a, at a, a basketball game here locally last week. And I was able to see some of them and I was like, dude, how's it going? They're all playing college basketball in these like little podunk towns. And I'm like, how is it? And they're talking about the struggles and stuff. But I'm like, that's the cool part about it, though. Like, and I told them to enjoy the journey, man. Like, enjoy it playing you're going to learn a lot from the athletic side of things but you're also going to learn a lot from just living in these places by yourself you don't have mom making your ramen noodles for you now you're making your own and and, and it's yeah. just like it's i love what you said there i just it rings so true and i love um that you just mentioned the one percenters you know i i happen to work a full-time job for a very successful entrepreneur his name's russell brunson and I've worked with Russell for six years. I'm a good friend of his now. Like, or he should, I shouldn't say I'm a good friend of his. He's a good friend of mine. I, I don't know if he considers me a good <laughs> friend, but anyway, I, I really like Russell um, on a personal level outside of just being a business guy. But one of the things that he's really good about and he teaches, and I get to network with a lot of entrepreneurs is just doing exactly that. Like you have the knowledge and the skill set. Now go do something and don't be scared to fail. You're going to fail. So many people are scared of that. But what he's always taught is something that you kind of just alluded to Dustin was like, what's the worst that can happen? That's what he always tells us. Like, Shane, you want to go start your podcast? You want to do this, this, this? What's the worst that can happen? Okay, like literally think about worst case scenario. Am I going to lose my house? Am I going to do this? Like, blah, blah, blah. like people go in these all these spirals of like, oh, if I don't get my offer, what's the worst that's going to happen? They say, no, you don't get it on the team. Okay, so then you might not get an offer. Maybe your athletic career is done. I don't know, like worst that can happen. Once you come to terms with, okay, I would be able to still live with the worst case scenario, then it becomes a little bit more like realistic, like, okay, let's go all in on this and you're willing to just go and dive in. And so 
the yeah. same concept for athletics. I think once you realize what the what's the worst that can happen, you're not as afraid to fail. So, Dustin, last question on your collegiate career, though. I wanted to ask. So you you went from Western Oregon over to, to Utah State to a Division One school over there. What was the biggest transition for you as far as from either was it an academic, uh, physicality, uh, athletic standpoint? Like, what was the biggest transition playing Division One? football as compared to maybe that of high school or even at Western Oregon, the first, the first place you went just so the athletes that are listening to this might have a, a little idea of what the biggest thing was. Yeah. So I would just say, um, one of the biggest things I had an idea of what it was going to be like, but at the same time, I didn't care what it was going to be. I was ready for whatever it was. So whatever you think it is for those that are watching, whatever you think it is, it's not. It's way more intensive. And that's why when I talked about like relationships, you have to come up and I'm going to go off on a tangent, but relationships, right? There's different types of relationships, but distractions is a different thing, right? And you do not yeah. want to get distracted, especially if you have a goal of being the best that you should be. And that's what it should be for anything. But if you have the blessing of, becoming a next level athlete or even as high as a division one, which is super percentage of real low. Um, you have to be totally dedicated to it and um, you don't have to be crazy or anything like that. You just have to show up, please just show up, man, because you're going to break down a lot of barriers. Just showing up, you will be the top 1%. It, I'm telling you, most guys, well, when I say showing up, I'm talking showing up mentally, physically, and emotionally. A lot of guys will show up physically. <laughs> they won't be there mentally. <laughs> and they're just trying to be, you know, glass half full. And those are the guys that I got news for you end up going in the portal. Those are the guys that end up quitting. Those are the guys that end up never starting or never really seeing the field and are complaining. And I got news for you at the bottom 10%, they end up taking 80 percenters and pulling them down with them. So you have to have that goal and that mindset. But going from high school to uh, to college, um, obviously there's the optics, right? You're on television. You're you know you're in a stadium and so on. But for me, it was the from the moment you wake up to the moment that you go to bed, right? All the things in between that, such as um, we would have our classes. You'll have maybe three or four classes before noon. You have to. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. They're telling you, okay, you want to be a psychology major. You have to do this. Um, you have to do that. You have to take care of your body, obviously. You got to show up early to practice if you're dinged up. Um, you have practice, you know, depends on however long practice is. Pre, before practice, some, you know, schools or whatever, you know, they're going to have film, film study. Film is about an hour. You better not fall asleep in film. We'll just give you an idea. <laughs> I fell asleep. The first, the first, uh, funny story. I fell, fell asleep the first, uh, uh, film study. And as a walk on, you do not want to do that. And, uh, oh, man. and uh, what was the repercussions, man? Let's, let's get into that. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, it, it wasn't anything crazy. Uh, coach just threw something at me. Let's put it that way. Uh, and you know, these are small rooms. These aren't big giant rooms. We're watching film. So you're within arm's reach. So you gotta be careful. Uh, but, uh, so, um, but yeah, you, you film study and so on. And, and, uh, and then you go to practice and then afterwards, obviously you 
you know, you go home, take care of yourself, do your study, um, whatever's, you know, you're getting planned for the next day. I mean, your days are long, but I got news for you. So is the world. And it's a, it's definitely, like I said, I looked at it differently. I looked at it as a blessing that I went through what I went through, um, from high school to college. Um, and, uh, oh yeah, I forgot, you know, before you actually start your day, we're already in the weight room from probably depending on, you know, each school, six to nine, six to eight. Um, you don't have a whole lot of time, boom, you got to go to class. So, um, and that's a non-negotiable, the weight room's a non-negotiable. So, um, so sun up, sundown, Monday through Friday, this is off season, in season. I forgot to tell you about that. So now you're traveling on Fridays, you're playing on Saturdays. When the game's over, you're traveling back. And then the next morning, hopefully you're not like me. We played Hawaii. Our eyes are burning because the best part about a Hawaii trip is not because it's nice and sunny or whatever. I'd be being facetious. You, you, it's four hours from us to get to the island, go through the game. The game starts eight o'clock their time, which is what four hours, you know, it's almost midnight and we're playing. You get on the plane, you're home the next day. we got to watch film. We have to run. So on Sundays, you also have to run a little, you have to run. You got to, we, our coach, coach, shout out to coach Uyama. Great guy. He was in the pros for a few years. He might still be there. Um, we would do one tens. So we call it flesh in the body. Um, if people out there don't know what a 110 is, well, a, a football field is 100 yards. And then you add the, you know, you add the goal line on both sides. And, you know, skill position players would go from one end to the other. And we'd have to do it timed, probably about 10, 15 times to flush the body out on a Sunday. And so then when Monday comes rolling around, yeah. And I don't remember the time, but it was not easy because – I started getting, let's just put it this way. I started getting bigger in college. That 438 did not stay at 438. <laughs> so uh, it got to that point where, you know, we would do 10, 15 of those and they would all be timed. Now, one thing I do know is only, we had only about 40, 40 seconds or something like that to get it done and uh, only about 10, 15 seconds rest. So it's just that constant, you know, that constant movement and motion. So, uh, the biggest difference between high school and college is it does become more of a job and you always hear that, but it's the best job that you're ever going to have in many, many aspects. Um, because when you become a senior, um, whether you're successful or not, right. Whether you're a Boise state from that, that era and just killing everybody winning bowl games or, you know, you're on the bottom. I don't, you know, there's some schools in the bottom. Um, you still have that experience. You still were able to go through that. Still got your degree. Um, and you can go out and change the world. So, um, yeah. And I look back and, you know, I'm not saying anything poorly about my friends, but not all of them graduated high school. Right. They were all together. I'm sorry. not. I'm sorry. Not a high school. Um, college. They didn't all graduate. I think half of them graduated, half didn't. Um, all of them didn't play sports, which is fine. You don't have to. But um, they took a completely different turn in their lives. And through my journey, I was getting phone calls from people that I never, you know, I, I just that never would give me the time of day. And uh, so 
but I was humble enough to pick up the phone and tell them and, and, you know, tell them what I went through and so on and how I'm going to use this down the road. So, um, so yeah, that's the big difference. But the main thing is, is from high school to college, you're going to go from being the best to all of a sudden being not the best. That's another thing is now you go from being the big dog on campus to not. And most kids don't understand that transition. They're told by even the coaches, man, you come in here, you're going to be everything, going to be all this. And then guess what? Some kids have the red shirt. They got to sit on, they got to hold pads, they got to grind. And that's a very important point because I get phone calls all the time from kids. Coach, <laughs> you're right. So the grind is real. Four years, almost some five, most five. Um, you have to earn it. You have to earn it, man. And it's not for everybody. Basketball ain't for everybody at the next level. There ain't a lot of slots, G, and you're going to run a lot. So, <laughs> and they're bigger, they're more physical, and they don't, the, the players don't necessarily care whether you succeed or not. Your teammates, but they want your spot if you're in front of them. So you have to grow up quick. Dude, this is such insightful. Like, this is so, it's so insightful. It's great information. And I want everyone who's listening, I've got tons of parents, tons of coaches, and tons of athletes that listen to this, especially younger athletes, rewind that and listen to what Dustin just said, and maybe just take notes of the like the golden nuggets and rewind it again if you have to. Because it's not to scare you. It's just to set the reality. There is a big difference there. There's a lot of things to look at. Do you really want it? Uh, that's it's one of the things you got to realize. Do you really want it? Um, what are you doing it for? Is it for the fame? Is it for that? Or do you really want to play? Like, what do you want to do? Because it's not going to be easy in any way, shape, or form. And I think that's awesome. And now you have it from a different perspective, Dustin. So as we get into that, the coaching side of things, understanding it from a different perspective. Um, you mentioned you're at the junior college level at the moment. Is that correct? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So junior college in and of itself is a beast. Um, for those who have listened to my show, there was a, a, a Netflix documentary called last chance you, and it kind of like highlighted all the, you know, well, I wouldn't say highlighted, but it just kind of put in a spotlight, uh, the junior college athletics realm. And, uh, from the first two seasons at East Mississippi, I had uh, one of the coaches and then I had the athletic, uh, sorry, the academic counselor on my show. Her name was Brittany Wagner. She was awesome. Then I had Jason Brown, Coach JB, who uh, was at Independence Community College. And he was like the, you know, the loudmouth dude from seasons three and four. And I had him on my show to talk about his experience as a coach there. Everyone's got different experiences. I've talked to different players who've played, especially in California, because California JUCO is different than some other Ju JUCOs. Like everybody does it differently. Your experience as a coach at the junior college level, Dustin, compared to like maybe that as a player at the division one level, what are you seeing are some of the differences? And then like this, the expectations of these kids, because a lot of people have that perception of like, man, these kids are just in it to try to get to the next level and they don't really care about the team concept. So they're all in it for themselves. Is that true? Is there truth to it? Um, and what are you seeing at the junior college level as a coach? Well, if you want to get into coaching, I'll just start it like this. If you want to get into coaching, start at the JC level because it is the toughest level that you will ever coach in, but it's, it's definitely the most rewarding. You have the most variety of student athletes um, and you'll have kids that bounce back. So those kids that will go somewhere, whether it's get kicked out of school, bad grades, whatever, they go down to the JC level. Um, or you'll have a kid that 
in high school, wasn't getting recruited very much, um, undersized, whatever, and then they go to play in JC. The great thing about the junior college level is that you're taking a mixture of guys and putting them together, but you only have a so, certain amount of time with them, right? And you're trying to move forward with them. And uh, it's very rewarding. It's not easy. It's tough because kids in some programs could be from all over the country, from yeah. all different walks of life. And of course, on the West Coast, we got Polynesian, we've got all these different cultures. Um, and that's my my main thing is to try to build that from the inside out, Re, rebuild these kids, mentor them, um, you know, build morals and values and some of the things that a lot of them uh, haven't you know, been given in you know, most of their lives. So, but they're coming from some of the toughest situations uh, you can imagine. Now I will say disclaimer, um, the way that things are ran here in California, we have 66 JUCOs out here. Um, there's not a ton outside of here. Uh, the Netflix, Netflix show is way different. I don't know if they talked about it. It's way different. Um, yeah. And California has its own rules. NJCAA, I believe is what it is. They have their own rules. Um, that show is, uh, <laughs> it's not necessarily a good depiction of the junior college life. Um, I mean, it may be in small town Kansas or wherever, but it is a television show. And what I want to get across to um and, and by the way, most of those kids that the JB and all those schools brought in, those kids are all big time. Well, not all, but the majority of them are big time bounce backs. They're yeah. not just your everyday average Joes. And that's one thing that I would definitely want to get across. Um, and it is a show. I mean, oh, yeah. they're they're trying to, you know, turn it into whatever. Now, keep in mind, JB was a coach out here in California for a long time. So. You know, he knows the, those sides of it. Um, but at the junior college level here in, in California, we have a lot to choose from. We've got a lot of kids all over the place. Um, and the goal is just like you would at the, the level above at a university is uh, try to get to them, mentor them and get them to understand the game. Most kids just don't understand the game. They don't understand the grind. They don't understand a lot of things. Every single kid I recruit, I want to be a division one player, but I try to ask them, do you even know what that means? Right? What does that even mean to you? I've been there. So I want to ask you that question. None of them can answer that, but I got the reason why is, is because society tells you that's where you should be. And if you're not, then you failed. I hate to say it. You go to a junior college, you're a failure. And even parents think that. But guess what? In California, through a certain process, you can get free tuition. Stay local, right? Stay local, play football, go through an off-season pro collegiate, couple collegiate off-season programs, which by the way, I also do strength and conditioning. Um, and then you're gonna, I promise you, you're gonna you're gonna flourish, you're gonna blossom. What kids don't understand is is so when you go to a university, you got to take your SATs. You got to go through the whole thing. Junior college, what's nice about it is, is they don't necessarily re require that. But after two years, when you get your AA, we all come to the same point. You'll end up getting recruited after year two, get your AA, go get recruited and finish your four year. 
what's the difference? There's really no difference. You end up finishing at the same point. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, yeah. and so kids, kids look at it. If I don't go here, I'm a failure. And a lot of kids that bounce back, they quit playing. Right. I would say if there was a percentage, it's very high, but instead let's put you in a position where you can slowly move up and guess what? It's okay to be different. What's wrong with being different? Because yeah. guess what? Tyreek Hill went to JC, Tom Brady or not Tom Brady. Uh, Aaron Rodgers went JC. Uh, Josh Allen went JC. You go and you watch the the Super Bowl. They go over that. The statistics are beyond. It's like sixty percent of the guys on the field, or something like that. It's it's really high of kids that went that route. Cam Newton, all those guys. Um, and I'm not necessarily an advocate for JC because sometimes it is better for guys to go university um, and so on. Um, but uh, that's the option you have. And that's one thing that I like to promote is because I'm almost na- I'm almost uh, uh, recruiting. Uh, what's a word for it? Um, recruiting in reverse. Because when I talk to a kid or I talk to a parent, which I, I run into a lot of single parents, unfortunately, there's not a lot of, yeah. you know, and that's something that's important to know, but I'm, I'm basically telling the kids to come back, come back. Don't think that just because you didn't get it and everybody around you got it, that you have to go that way. You know what I'm saying? It's okay. Yeah. Because what will end up happening is, is now you have to work for it. Wink, wink, that whole working for things and grinding. Okay. That's a good thing. And so they build all these tools to add to their tool chest or however you want to put it. And these kids just blow up. And I'm still to this day, get kids that reach out, call me. Um, Coach, I graduated, all these different things. Juco has changed my life. I've, you know, before that I was at a, um, I was at a Catholic school. I was at a Catholic high school and coached there. So the two contrasting styles um, is really remarkable. And, um, you know, but you're dealing with, you're still dealing with kids. I mean, oh, kids yeah. are kids. What did, what did, um, not Bill Walton, um, uh, all-time coach, basketball coach for UCLA. Uh, what's his John name? Wooden. John Wooden. John Wooden. Yeah. John Wooden. One of his most famous quotes was, is as he got older, he could barely walk. He's, you know, 98 years old or whatever. Somebody went up to him and they asked him, they said, so if you were a coach today, would you be as successful? And he said, yeah. He said, you know, they asked him, he said, so what's the difference? And he said, nothing with the kids. It's the coaching and the parents. I said, that's it. People have just uh, required less and uh, pushed their kids less and so on. And given him, you know, the mentality to go and do something beyond. Forget about football. Right. I tell kids a lot of time. It's not so much about the sport as it is the experience. It's the journey. It's going from one thing to the next, but trying to be your best. And the key thing is, is to try. And most most coaches, they're all in a box. We'll go to these big conventions and I'll go to these breakout sessions and X's and O's. It's the same stuff. I don't care about all the same strategy, whatever. Everybody's running the spread offense, dude. They only turn it just a little bit to their, you know, so get to the kids. It's all about getting the kids to, to trust you, to connect with you and trust, you know, and, and get together to work together 
to get to a common goal. Obviously, you want to play. Obviously, you want to win. But guess what? It's not always going to happen. So the key right. is, is, okay, if it doesn't happen, then what? Right? Then you get your degree. Then you build a relationship with your professors. Then you go on to change the world. It's simple as that. And kids, they look at it as it's all about the sport. It's all about the bling. It's all about those things. It's not because that stuff comes and goes. It's biblical, right? It's, it's like the wind, you know, in the air. It's just misty, bro. So, um, so yeah, um, I don't know where I was going with that, but you know, that's currently where I am at. Um, and, uh, I wanted to take that a step up and be an entrepreneur because I think that the, the main thing is, is I can only reach so many. That's such a, you know, the situation I'm in. So now let's take this and let's go as global as we can with it. Right. Let's try to build something that's way beyond. And I'm going to try to weave in. I'm going to try to do my best to get the parents involved because parents have to be just as educated if they're not educated. That's why we have recruiting visits. Right. We have recruiting visits so you can come and meet me and convince you to come to my school. This ain't car sales, though. This ain't used car. I'm not selling you a used car. I'm selling you an A plus. I'm selling you a Maserati. Right. However, that Maserati isn't going to have everything you want unless you come and fix that Maserati to what you want it to be. And guess what? You are the Maserati. Right. But you aren't there yet. You have no paint. You have no foundation. You have no tires. You have no nothing. You know what I'm saying? You basically got a steering wheel, a throttle and a clutch. And that's it. You know, so let's give you the engine and let's get it going, you know. So, no, I, I love that. And I love that you, you mentioned you're going to try to get to the parents too. There's, there's a reason I do this podcast too. I, I always encourage parents to listen to this show, not just sports fans. Like if you're a parent of an athlete of some sort, even if you don't care about sports, but your kid plays boy or girl, pay attention to the show. Like the, the more we can educate parents as well, the, the better, like you got to get them on board too. A um, couple things there. love the, the quote from John Wooden. That is so true kids are kids. I love the fact that you have experience coaching at a Catholic school as well as a junior college, two totally different spheres of the world when it comes to athletics. Like you said, like there's different demographics completely there. You got one, you know, those who are listening, obviously like a Catholic school, typically speaking, those are expensive. Those are expensive, more expensive than most. Like, like my, there's local Catholic schools here in Idaho that are more expensive than Boise state university. Like they're like triple the cost per year. It's just the reality of the situation. So you got different demographics there than going to junior college. So you have a lot of experience from the coaching side of things with different types of kids. But like you said, kids are kids. And so you're like trying to help them out on different, different sides there. Now you mentioned trying to take this thing globally as we get towards the, the last part of our podcast here, let's talk about the course that you are putting together right now and, and how you're going to do that. So you're taking your experience, you're a strength and conditioning coach, you're a football coach, you're a former division one football player. Like you have all this experience. What is this course going to be teaching the athletes and the parents, so to speak? Yeah. So the main goal is it's all about taking a young student athlete, primarily, you know, that freshman, sophomore, junior. um, And I want to prepare that student athlete in every which way we can So if you do decide, hey, this is something for me, I want to give everything to you that I possibly can from what I know, right? What I've went through. um, And I'm going to do that many different ways. Obviously, we'll have a course. um, 
It's a three pillared course. It's nothing special. It's nothing crazy because I want to make it as simple and easy as I possibly can to get from you or from me to you. Um, and uh, I believe in three pillars, right? I believe in the physical side of it. You have to be physically ready to go going into the next level. I was not. A lot of the kids that I recruit are not. A lot of them have pre-existing injuries, the sport of football and basketball, man. Basketball players get dinged up like crazy. Um, they're not ready to go and they have pre-existing injuries. And guess what? Then they have to go get surgery and there's, you know, we should have had that, you know what I mean, before yeah. going in. That, that's probably a smart thing. Um, then we'll talk about, you know, one of the pillars is, <laughs> is, uh, is the mentality, right? We go over the mentality. Um, and keep in mind, there's multiple pieces within that. So it's not just one, you know, long run on sentence. It's multiple. Uh, it's, it's basically we got modules. We got lessons within those modules. And there's at least five to seven, possibly eight lessons within each of these. Um, so you've got the mentality, you got the physical side. And then we talk about academics. Oh, boy, we talk about academics, man. And that's the foundation when we talk about certain things like organization and, uh, you know, just understanding your skills. There's skills within skills. And uh, we, we definitely break that down as much as possible. What I want to do is I want to offer, um, you know, a newsletter, definitely put my brain out on um, on paper um, for those that are more uh, like to read and like to do that sort of thing. Um, I do have an ebook out um, that I will be giving out for free and it's in regards to strength conditioning. I don't break down, you know, entire in-season, off-season, pre-season, post-season, which I will. Um, that'll be a part of the program, which I do have. Um, but, um, you know, on top of that, we'll also do uh, we'll do a podcast. We'll get a podcast going. I do know a lot of coaches and the goal is, like I said, uh, the main goal for my podcast isn't just to have anybody on there. I want to have those that have gone through it, man. And it can be, I even ran into a referee the other day and I would love to have a referee there because referees understand, you know, going through a grind, right? Especially the guy I talked to, you know, he's a Juco guy. And um, I want those that were underappreciated, undersized, under, uh, valued. We'll use that word. Um, I want those coaches, whether you went through the grind, high school, Juco, whatever, um, walk on. Um, I want those type of people. So, um, we got that on deck and, uh, like I said, we'll do, we'll do some webinars. Maybe we'll start a membership thing where, um, probably twice a week we'll do a webinar. We'll talk about specific topics, uh, within my program and I'll have guests on there. Um, you know, like the guys like JB, but mainly the guys that, you know, that I've bumped into a lot, um, doesn't have to be football, me being a football guy. Um, but I want them to explain to those that are, um, kind of left out. That's a bad way of putting it. But those that think that the road is over, my job is to come in and say, it's not over. If you want it, the road ain't over, you know? So, um, so that's really what it is. Um, it will be called Walk On Warrior. Um, that's that's the that's the title of it. I wanted to put two different things on there, um, and uh, you know, being a walk on myself, I think that works out well with a lot of the kids. So, 
So yeah, oh, man, this is this is absolute fire. There's gonna be a ton of value there, and you're gonna just continue to like add to it with the different things coming out. I love the module, the three tier module system, or sorry, the three tier system with modules underneath of it. Physicality, mentality, academics. That whole concept is huge. Um, I the reason I say that, like the mindset concept, is when I talk to people. I mean, I've been doing this for seven years, and every week I talk to somebody new, but like. The mindset, it's so interesting, Dustin. People are like, yeah, I can just do a David Goggins style. Like it's good. No, there's so much more than just like a blanket statement of having to have the right mindset. There's so much more that goes into it. Um, there's so many things that like impact an athlete. Like when they get under pressure and they start feeling the stress, how do they react? How does their body chemically react? And so how do you shift that with your mindset? Like when you're at a free throw line or if you're on, if you're trying to like, you know, you're covering one of the best receivers, like all of a sudden you start getting like you almost have an out of body experience because you, and you're like, oh, and then you can't perform. And it's like you got to learn how to have the mindset to continue to go and grind, get your 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 stuff together, because there's a physical standpoint of the sport. and There's a mental standpoint of the sport. It doesn't matter what sport you're playing. It's any sport across the board. And so mindset's so important. I'm a huge advocate of like getting the right mindset. There's a major difference between the top tier athletes and then just a regular athlete. And that is usually their mindset is just completely different, but you can develop that. So the fact that you're going to help them do that, huge. Um, I absolutely love that. The podcast, huge. I love that you're bringing people on. Speaking of referees, I've had two of them. I've had an umpire, an MLB umpire on my yeah. show, which was hilarious. And then I had a college football referee that uh, <laughs> ref in the big sky. And I just wanted to have them like share their experiences. I'm sure it'll be a different take mm -hmm. from your perspective, but like yeah. referees, that's a great twist to it, dude. Bring some people yeah. on here to share. Like that's, that's huge. So I, I just was listening yeah. to you. I'm like, man, these are some, some great things. <laughs> so, well, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, the one thing I was going to say, too, is, is a lot of people will look at me where I'm at now. You know, we're talking mentality where I am now versus where I was. When I graduated from Utah State, I didn't want anything to do with sports. I didn't want anything ah. to do with football because it was that much of a grind. Right. And also, you know, the coaches, some of the coaches, all the personalities they are not some of them aren't that good. But here's what's interesting is, is that. God ends up opening doors if you're willing to have them cracked open at least. And so I met somebody and she is the one that kind of just said, you know what, what you're missing is getting in back into football. You're a competitive guy. You miss it. You talk about it. And then I get back into football, like, eh, whatever my mentality. I'm like, eh, I'm not sure, but things, you know, weren't going the way that they should in the certain realm that I was in. Just because a kid or somebody is mentally, you think you should be going this way, be open to opportunities too. And that's why I say like with JUCO and all these different, because if you're not open and have, you know, a, you know, a humble heart, you're not going to go into the purpose that God wants you to go into. And that to me, you know, when I'm talking to parents, it's like, you know, kids will tell you wild and crazy things, but over time, there's certain things that you can jump into. You just got to have the right mentality, right mindset. Um, and I get into coaching and then all of a sudden, 10 years later, here we go. I've got opportunities left and right. Um, and, you know, it's the only way I can explain it, man. And I really wanted to bring that up because I wasn't really going into coaching. Like coaching yeah. was not something out of, high, out of college that I was wanting to do um, because it was a grind. However, I was prepared for all those things to move into the next chapter. And another thing on top of we're talking about uh, products and programs down the road, I want to figure out a way that maybe, you know, we can collab and do like a, um, 
we can put something together where we can mentally help student athletes, just like you do with military when they transition from military, from military to civilian life. Because a lot of athletes this is one thing that, that you don't hear a lot, but a lot of athletes don't know how to transition from 20 years of, you know, playing a sport and regimented going from there into, into the world. They just, we just, we're focused on, you know, the gridiron. We don't think yeah. uh, in terms of the world, right? we got a degree, but we read a book and passed an exam. We don't have yeah. that experience. So transitioning from one thing to the next. So we'll, we'll, we'll maybe down the road, we'll talk about that, but that's one of those things yeah, that, sure. you know, so. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's, that's huge, Dustin. And I think, you know, if uh, one thing I've learned is like a lot of these people that I've had on the show in the last seven years, there's guys like Dre Baldwin. I actually met him at ClickFunnels, but he was a former professional athlete. Um, Dre was huge about that too. Dre was a massive guy about like the transition from like leveraging sports into business. You know, Walter Bond, former NBA basketball player, uh, Brad Johnson, former NFL quarterback, had him on the show, Ricky Williams, all these guys that were like, like Eddie George, for example, taking their knowledge from the the sport they played and putting it into real life because, and then I've talked to other athletes that really struggled with their mental health, trying to transition to the real world. Cause all of a sudden it's like, Oh, I'm not playing anymore. Now I got bills to pay and I don't really have a job and I'm still working at Starbucks because I really don't know how to leverage my skill set. or I want to be a trainer, but they don't have the clientele. So it's not a steady income. So they struggle with that too. So they have to like try to figure out a way to really transition. So I think that's a huge, huge niche. And I would love to like collaborate with you on that. Uh, myself so this is super cool and you mentioned it's walk on warrior so um at the time of this recording we're gonna we're still putting it together to make sure it goes live but do you have a, a link yet for it or if not um is there a website for it yet that's dedicated uh well it should be live by uh the new year okay yeah. and is it walk on warrior.com is that where they can go it should be walk on warrior.com yeah let me uh I'll have to, I'll, I'll, when I get it finished, I'll make sure and, and, and we can maybe link this up on the, on the podcast. Yeah, for sure. So for those who are yeah. listening, when you, when this podcast is live, you're listening to it right now. Um, we will have a link in the description for the course and everything that you can sign up for. So don't quote me on what it's called yet. We'll figure it out by the time this goes live. You'll already have it. It's all good to go and we'll, we'll get it popping. So last question for you, Dustin, what's the biggest life lesson that sports have taught you up until this point? Um, well, first thing I would say is discipline. Uh, discipline and, and understanding that your attitude, your mind, your thoughts, everything's going to go one way or the other each and every day. It's going to go up and down, but you have to have discipline. Um, and discipline is what's going to give you that constant um, drive to consistently be moving forward. Um, a lot of people that don't have discipline, you're, you're not going to be able to, uh, you're not going to survive. You have to be disciplined. And that comes with experience um, and uh, and then attitude, right? I hear this from littlest kids all the way up through adults. Um, I know this is the second thing, but attitude, you have to have the right mindset. Everything is for a purpose and for a reason. Um, and uh, if you can limit mistakes, you're going to be in the best shape possible. You got to have the right, you got to have the right attitude um, and uh, ask your peers, Ask adults, ask people how they can, you can have the right attitude, how you can be more disciplined. They, a lot of people do have very good insight. Uh, I never thought that, you know, apologize mom and dad, <laughs> but you guys are right. So um, that's probably the biggest, those are the two biggest things. Yeah, for sure. I, 
Absolutely love it, man. Absolutely love it. I just want to say thanks, man, for joining the show, being willing to share your insight. Again, we'll probably be linking up in the future as well. But for all those who are listening, you know, give him a follow on social media. I'll link his social media accounts here. Go check out the course. The link's there as well. Yeah, give him a follow and check it out. See what his services can provide for you. If you're an athlete, you can definitely take advantage of it. And I just want to say, you know, Dustin, thanks one more time for joining the show, brother. All right. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. For all those listening, make sure to hit the subscribe button. We'll be coming to you next week with another interview.